HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Joe Beef, though who is a man is not the two men in the studio, joined by Fred Moran. Is that decent? Is that okay? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> and Dave that, McMillan. That is as I uh, smashed your name. <laughs> yeah, how, how, what did you say? Harlan Markle Turkel. I love that. I love that. That's going to be my new pen name. Herkel. New, Herkel. Yeah, just MHT. Do the acronym. It's the easiest. Uh, Joe Beef is a phenomenon right now. Uh, small little place in Little Burgundy in Montreal, um, which I just found out was quite a little area uh, prior to you guys moving in. Um, but is is the destination of the Northeast at the moment um, and seemingly will be for a long time. We're working hard on totally crushing that so people forget <laughs> about us quick and we just get back to doing... Uh, you know what we've been doing for a long time uh we did a year of book and hype a little bit but uh fred and i are working super hard on uh, destroying the myth yeah (laughs) yeah and you know it's a a real um phenomenon Uh, jay-z jay-z not joe beef (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh you guys are done in studio we'll send you out we'll bring jay-z and beyonce in all good jay-z yeah (laughs) you guys are uh have a little accent on you canadian uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you guys grow up? Fred's from Cartierville in uh that's in the in the borough of uh Cartierville in Cartierville. the north of Montreal. North of Montreal. It's a very you know, working class French Canadian neighborhood. That's where Fred's from. Across the street from an insane asylum. <laughs> no less. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from uh, Montreal's uh, West End. Yeah. So uh Quebecois. Where is that? Is that defined as someone that's from Montreal, from Quebec City, from 
say Quebecois generally perhaps might be the, the, the vernacular for the French-speaking, you know, Quebecois of uh, French, you know, French with the last name, very much like Frédéric Morin is my yeah. partner. Uh, my name is David Hayfield McMillan. I'm born and raised in the, in the province of Quebec, and, you know, I speak French as well as I do English. I feel, you know, that I'm 100% Quebecois. Sometimes there's a little bit of a backlash in our province because we have issues, you know, perhaps sometimes about... Francophones thinking they're you the know, language police. The is, language uh, police is very strong, yeah. and uh, that upsets me somewhat. You know, I feel you know I've been swimming in the Saint Lawrence River and, and drinking the water. Yeah, the term Quebecois was taken over by the French-speaking uh, Quebecers. Although yeah. in reality, David's family has been speaking English in Quebec for like hundreds of years. You know. Yeah, there is a backlash sometimes towards us, like you know, the first you know first language Anglophone speakers in the province. You know that that's upsetting somehow. You know, being I feel as Quebecois as you know Fred is. Fred's my brother, and I have so many French Canadian friends. So it de- it depends. You know, some Quebecois will call themselves Quebecois with, with a French last name or of French descent. But uh, I know a lot of Anglophones that feel that they're just as a French Canadian or Quebecois as as any yeah. of the French stock. Do you feel like there's as distinctly a split uh, Canadian versus Quebecois uh, when uh, it comes to cuisine? Ever. Or, what do you mean by cuisine? You mean, like, yeah, you know, like there's Montreal cuisine in people's heads. There's smoked meats, there's poutine, that kind of stuff. Um, That's a Jewish, you know. Th- th- there's the, there's the Jewish, Jewish Greek uh, dynamic. Yeah. You have to understand though that the Anglophone speaking community in the province of Quebec is a ten percent minority, if that. It yeah. could even be eight percent. So the province is ninety, you know, ninety five or ninety two percent French speaking as a first language. And aside from Montreal and 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 the West End, you know, borough. That kind of starts where we are in Little Burgundy. Uh, you know, it, it is a French-speaking, you know, province. Uh, the Anglophone part, you know, the, the food that a lot of people talk about, and we, you know, we pay homage to both French and English. You know, we cook French food in our minds, but Fred and I pay respect as well to, uh, you know, the, the old the old Jewish cooking of the Maine, right? Yeah, and it's it's not all. We just discovered a big uh, black history of Little Burgundy where like freed slaves would find freedom in Montreal and actually find paid jobs as cooks because they were highly valued uh, down in the south at that time. But they, they escaped and they were chased and, and they made it in Canada where they were freed. And uh, actually, the Canadian justice never allowed a, a, a slave chaser... Um, to to cross you know to do business in Canada yeah. and that's another thing that that we never talk about you know that that land of freedom that kind of southern heritage up in Montreal uh, there's the Greeks in Montreal the, the most of the delis most of actually most of the Jewish delis were owned by Greeks at a certain point you know there was a a, a, a thing in Montreal so there's, there's like no one true heritage lineage to well, there's a the French cooking, you know, there's yeah. the French sugar shack co- cooking. Yeah. And then there's traditional French cuisine. Yeah. But I think a true Montreal cuisine will be like a little bit of that rustic old farmhouse French cooking. And then mixed in with a little bit of Jewish and a yeah. little bit of Italian. In a steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, that's that's what it is, I think, for us. Yeah. I mean, what, what dishes did you grow up eating? Uh, what were Sunday suppers? What were, you know, school mm. meals? I ate baked beans all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too with you Franks. Know? And yeah. I always ate crepes and we always had fat back bacon and you know, we don't we've never had Canadian bacon growing up. We don't even know what it is really. Yeah. It's so just vol au vent. Yeah. Lots of vol au vent. Is that know? just pop pastry and Yeah, with yeah. chicken a la king. Yeah. 
My oh, favorite good. dish is a dish my mom used to make. I think it's an American dish, broccoli. possibly. Chicken divan, <laughs> which is bechamel cooked chicken with broccoli and cauliflower and then cheese on top. Oh, that's like doing quinella scofere, you know, just cooking yeah. in cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah heck yeah. Well, so, I mean, were these uh, um, foods that you ate all the time, were they for special occasions? I you know, just realized after... A while that my parents were not that rich, right? So I was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering why we ate like rice cooked with tomato paste and wieners, you know. And I just a realized it, it wasn't like they didn't make a lot of money. I, the fifth year I worked in a restaurant in my life, I was making more than my dad when he retired. You know, same for you, right? Yeah, same, absolutely. So I understand why we had like uh, bouillon cube velouté chicken velouté with like uh, a leg or two in there and we, we have a stock there's a there's a there's a powdered stock it's actually a liquid stock called bovril yeah. in the province of quebec and i remember like playing long time outside in the snow and my grandmother would say come on in the house and you're gonna have a cup of bovril now <laughs> and a cup of bovril was just hot water with like chicken stock black bouillon, yeah black bottled salty sodium bouillon and we drink that as tea after playing outside that was the ad on the radio, on the TV. Yeah. Come in and take your... Uh, you know, French Canadians are funny, too, because a lot of French Canadians think that, like, smoke meat? Yeah. But, so that's French Canadian. Yeah. You know? Or smoke meat. It's like a big deal. Like, you know, the smoke meat's famous all through the province. Yeah. Still but with the Celine is, like, Dion. Nobody's ever... You know, the Jewish community is up in the mile end of Montreal. It's yeah. tiny. Yeah. You know? But you can have smoke meat, you know, 800 miles in the up north... From 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 you know from from, uh, from from the Mile End and bagels. Yeah, it's like we tasted that for a TV show. There, there's like thirty <laughs> kinds of like smoked meat you can buy in a grocery store and like warm in your house. Yeah, it's like a household good. You know, yeah. it's a big French Canadian dish as well. This funny dish, elbow macaroni. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, shredded roast pork and soy sauce. Shredded roast pork. That sounds too good. It's no, no. with like my mom used to make it with ground beef and uncooked celery. Well, yeah, exactly. That's even worse. <laughs> but um, you, there'd be restaurants. You know, you'd be driving by, and, uh, in, you know, in Kamouraska or the countryside outside of Montreal, and you'd see a restaurant it's called Mais Chinois. Mais Canadien. Yeah. Canadian food, yeah. but in French. Yeah. But Canadian food is like ham with pineapple, elbow macaroni with soy sauce, <laughs> calf liver, egg rolls, yeah, steer liver. Yeah. They know the young calf, bouvillon, foie de jeune boeuf. Yeah, young beef, old liver. veal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, still exists, you know. They're, they're, you, you still run into that macaroni chinois. Well, I mean, even with like uh, you know, Alpita Kashan reviving the Cabana Souk. Um, all and I want to say that 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 book is. If you've not seen that book, I, I think it's one of the uh, the book and the restaurant yeah, and they, the sugar yeah, shack. Yeah, I, Martin Picard just went. You know, I've always loved Martin. Fred and I are like you know, he's our brother. Uh, I, I I recently decided like uh, two weeks ago after eating there for the second time this year that he's not only another restaurant in Montreal, but I think he's one of the 10 most important chefs in the world by far. You know, like yeah. I consider Martin Picard today more important than Michel Bras, yeah. Georges Blanc, any three Michelin star yeah, restaurant in if France. You, if you ask me, more than Noma. It's oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's just... The, the sad thing is, is and he's in Saint Benoit de Mirabel. Yeah, but it's on a, and a it's fucking a, farm. There's pigs living in the forest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he doesn't dude, make a fuss. I got, out of that. I got yeah. ran after by a ram last week. I went to feed the pigs <laughs> in the pen. A ram took a run at me. When you I know what I did keys. last fall? Uh, la- we were there in the fall with David, and I drove uh, a backhoe. Yeah, yeah, for like half an hour. That was my favorite thing. Uh, Martin went down with his tractor, and on the forklift, he brought two couches. 
for we, us yeah, to sit in we, the woods. We roasted a pig in the oh, forest. Oh, in the middle of the woods. With balloon. Yeah. With balloon. <laughs> That's with a Danielle. little surreal. Um, I mean, because the Cabana Souk, and I only want to touch on him because I want this to be about you guys yeah, okay. too. You know, uh, Cabana Souk has such a clear vision, um, not only of Matanz, but of what it is and, you know, the food that it serves. And what Joe Beef also does has such a clear vision of... Oh, maybe for you, but I'm still... Uh, <laughs> it's a little blurry-eyed, but it's uh, yeah. such a clear vision of the two of you uh, coming together, your paths, you know, joining and showing not just, you know, French-Canadian cuisine, not just Montreal food, but showing... It's a restaurant that was opened by two burnt-out chefs on antidepressants yeah. that didn't want to hear from anybody anymore. We still have a and, hard and, time yeah. with authority or anybody yeah. telling us what to do, whether it be fat guys that or, like eating, too. But you wanted to cook for people who what? <laughs> The people cook for people who want to eat. For yeah. People to just yeah, exactly. Well, Don't take themselves too true. seriously yeah. either. At the end of the day, and maybe also we're generous and or insecure. But Joe Beef is a more. We're very concerned about everybody leaving the restaurant. It's happy. not calculated. That's our yeah, it's not a calculated plate restaurant. It's, there's too much in there. And yeah. as a business, it doesn't make sense financially. It's absolutely yeah. <laughs> stupid. No. Well, you talking too with today's day and age uh, of everyone coming up to Montreal and saying they're from this association and that association. Um, you've gotten away from cooking for the community a little bit. Well, you know, it's, it's not our it's not our fault. Yeah. People call the restaurant, make reservations on the phone. You know, if we, I can we can't that, filter, yeah. I can't yeah. I can't filter. You know, and I can't profile and I. And it's, I can't Google search every you know name in the book to call them back and say they can't come because they're from they're a chef coming on a you know they're they're from a restaurant group from Chicago doing an R and D weekend yeah because they're about to open this restaurant that's a lot like ours in Chicago <laughs> you know that's a that's a little bit of a burn you know mm-hmm. like people are blatant today they you know they come to the restaurant yeah. with, with high powered cameras take pictures of the food and tell you to your face that. This is a really good dish that they'll most likely be doing it in this new restaurant they're opening up in Chicago. Or they let you know very, very strongly that they'll be in your restaurant tomorrow. Yeah. So what should they eat not to be like... Because <laughs> they don't want to miss anything because they are on an R&D weekend. And yeah. they really want you to know that it's tomorrow at 7.30 for four under that, you know? Yeah. But what I don't really Freebies. get... And I, I it, it makes me feel crazy sometimes, is I wouldn't want to eat your food outside of Joe Beef. And Same. Yeah, and it's not just about, you know, having dish after dish of smoked, you know, fish from the smoker and back coming or uh, crazy, you know, uh, eggs and gelée. Um, it's just that the space itself speaks so much of you guys and what you want to do. And, I mean, the flavors are amazing. You know, we're here, just, we're here at Roberta's. Yeah. We're here at Roberta's. And I look at Roberta's. As I sit here right now, I'm yeah. staring at this this little terrace room. Kindred soul. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, exactly. And the food is appropriate to the room, you know. Now, if, if they started hammering out square plates in here of <laughs> swooshed food, and, yeah. you know, like it just would look stupid. It wouldn't be academically interesting, you know, whereas, you know, you have to maybe smoke a joint once in a while across the space that you're about to open <laughs> to. For yeah. real. Yeah. You know, if you, we, 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 oh, looked, we favor peyote. We looked at Joe Beef <laughs> closely, you know, and said, what, what the fuck are we going to do here? And Fred's, you know, we both said we're going to do these. You know, that place begs for this glass, that plate, this banquette. The chairs have to be like that. The bar has to be like this. The menu's got to be on a chalkboard. Multiplied. And this is the yeah. food. There, this, this, this space shall never have soy sauce in it. Multiplied by we're a bit lazy, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your background's too in cooking. Um, 
Well, I was reading that Fred, you used to work at uh, Marche Jean Talon, yeah, uh, selling peppers and. It's from agriculture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three yeah. years in ag school. So in ag school, I mean, obviously, you you were very keen on market smoking pot and. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say herbs as well, but market yeah. <laughs> uh, farm to table. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And but the farm to table thing is like an obvious thing, right? Um, I, we're we're a bit. You'll read our menu nowadays at Joe Beefis, but oh, actually for. Since Joe Beef's open, you you won't see like farmer's name or everything like that. You know, it it kinds uh, it, it goes without saying that it's from a farm as yeah. much as we can. We've been working for twenty years. I don't think that we need to like you know wave the flag of every goat cheese producer, beef producer, pork producer. I don't. We're not going to bore you to, to tears and, about and, and, heritage and, breeds. Yeah, just take it on our word and our twenty years experience that we're doing the best we can. And it's an obvious thing, right? I'm not sitting here with you saying like you know what. I'm not killing you right now. Yeah. I like to remind you that I'm not killing you. You know, fuck, it's this... It's like, trust me, you walk in, it's 45 bucks, you know? Yeah. Look at my car in the back. It's a 1999 Volvo, okay? <laughs> so trust me that the money goes in your plate. Yeah. No, it's it's no doubt that th- there's quality uh, as well as quantity, but there's, um, like you said, trust. So it's like a trusted network. Why, why wouldn't you, after so many years of you guys being in the industry, putting out the food you want to put out and all the accolade and uh, like, you know I, I i don't want the waiters i want the customers to come at the restaurant and talk to each other about how hard they're gonna have sex later i don't want them to come to the restaurant and the the wait staff or the sommeliers to, first monopolize of all the, the, the table the yeah. sommeliers to talk about wine tasting like this and being from mount etna and blah 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 and this guy's crazy and he has a beard and he's a naturalist like i don't want the waitress and waiters to start talking about the boys bought this pig that only ate acorns, and it's a Tamaglio breed. And but I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah, I want to hear it's pork with mushrooms. Even that. Yeah. That I don't even want. Which which mushroom is it? Fuck off. It's yeah. pork. Yeah. So it's almost it's like pork that, steak. Yeah. Those math statements where you have the given, you know, and all that information's already assumed. Yeah, turn left. You don't steak yeah. with tomatoes and spinach. Yeah. Or it's pork with fiddlehead greens and ramps. Yeah. Where are the ramps from? Fuck off. Not <laughs> important. From the Don't kitchen. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, come back, uh, talking to the boys of Joe Beef, and actually find out who Joe Beef really was. You've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back.
Hey, and welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan-Turkel, here with Fred and Dave of Joe Beef Restaurant from Montreal. Um, we were just talking about salt and pepper cooking. I'm just going to dive right into it. Guys like Alain Chappelle, um, you know, Bocuse. Uh, Blanc. George Blanc uh, from, you know, uh, Burgundy. Louis Outier. Yeah. Who were these guys, and what kind of influence did they have on you? What kind of techniques did you take away from them? You you look at like a you know a career like Alain Chappelle, and and look at more or less like the basis of all of his recipes, and you'll kind of like realize that, you know, like there's nowhere in any book does it say ginger, turmeric, curry. You know, it's always season the meat, roast the meat properly. Now, in 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 a large copper skillet, add the onions. The carrot, the onion, the celery, add chicken, A, B, or veal stock, or C, wine, or B, you know, D, red wine, or E, vermouth, or, you know, like, the cooking's always viticulturally almost based, you know, and the food is always carrot, onion, celery bases. So at the end of the day, the food is made, you know, it's almost that minestrone flavor capacitor, you know? The wine is the, the the food is also made to always just taste perfectly delicious with red and white wine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we chose it. It's our roots too. That's what we ate. We said earlier we ate French food. You know, whether it's bechamel and our chicken mothers both and, always yeah. cooked carrot onion mo- celery. Right. My mom's from Belgium, so that's the base of everything we ate: a stew, a patoufer, and everything. Plus, if you're gonna sit down with wine, it's fair. I find it still, you know, it's okay. There's a good word streamer with curry and this and that. I find it very unsatisfying to have wine with any other food than French food. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to have a nice steak frites with that, that fits wine. If I'm going to have like a lapin la moutarde that fits wine. But when you start, I even go as far as saying hamburger and pizza and everything. It's not for me. It's not, I don't feel it as much. Make me a nice coco vin and a cocotte sealed with like dough. Yeah. And with like little uh, poached rice with marrow a little bit. I, I, I'm going like to have this almost epiphany. pathetic the lowest scoring Beaujolais you can get. Yeah. You know, like an 82 point Beaujolais with what he just described. It's like, that's a, that's a meal. Yeah, and then you taste, like, you know what you taste in that dish? You taste lots of tarragon, lots of chervil, lots of shallots, lots of, it's, it's not pointy flavors, you know, it's pretty round, pretty delicious, pretty beautiful, pretty simple. But you know, I find always that, satisfying. You'll, yeah, never, yeah. you'll never go, you'll never go wrong. So it's not even cooking for pairing at a point. It's like just cooking the compliment. You know, something that will not only just bring out the flavors, but you're not like trying to create another flavor. Seriously, profile. it's cooking to make my mouth happy. Yeah, you yeah. never, you, you never have to. A lot of a lot of chefs run astray. Where you always have to remember that as much food as you sell, you always sell alcohol. Yeah, you know, if you sold a hundred dollars per person, you're definitely fifty percent of that is food and fifty percent of that is wine. You can't get a side of yourself as a chef and and, and just really start going into flavors without really consulting. You know. The other part of what's going on in the restaurant is people are there drinking as well. Yeah. It's important that everything is cohesive. And it's not a misnomer that you guys are in Little Burgundy with the French list that you have. Uh, one, it's easier to get French wise into Canada, yeah? Yeah, we, yeah. The, Quebec has a long history of drinking fresh wine, French wine. You know, us think the New World, still to this day, has never made really any inroads into the to the moral majority of wine drinkers you know California came and went Australia came and went yeah. fast uh, you know and even the Canadian wines have trouble making inroads in the province of Quebec unless you know the wines are made by winemakers with a 
with a strong apprenticeship in France or a French palate, you know, you, the people just can't deal with high alcohol and oak laden wines. It doesn't work. Yeah, with, with the traditional values of the cooking. The same goes for the food too. It's the light touch, you know, the nut. nut it's the restraint the, sometimes, you know. Yeah, it, it's funny. You know, we were just looking at that other cookbook outside, and um, do people assume that all you do is serve, you know, foie double downs? Yeah, we made the, yeah, yeah. That's we made it for that purpose because you see, I make a, 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 a even our local food writers assume that, that yeah. Oh my God, Joe Beef, those guys are too meat heavy. Yeah, the fact is, is like we we sell like so many veg like there's like four any given night there's four or five vegetarian appetizers. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we really sell the most of, you know. Well, I mean, and you have the smoker in back too. And the we gardens. have the garden and, and, and the garden. Yeah, it's uh, the double down came about because we just had. At a certain point, that rabbit dish that I described, like a blogger with a giant camera would just go and have it and go like, meh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't... A double down is Fred's idea of building the perfect lure to yeah. catch the most fish. Yeah. And in this case, he came out with it, and it's really, it has been the ultimate hook. We've had articles... Yeah, CNN, this, that. CNN, New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, San Francisco, like... We've had so many inter- na- national articles from one dish, but it kind of makes you wonder about this the sad state of food, you know? Is yeah. it really like the great rate? Whatever happened to finesse? Why is everything becoming high-end junk food? Yeah. So Fred building the Double Down and selling it in the restaurant and having had so much media attention with it is a testament perhaps to, you know, the na- naivete of... Of, of, of a lot of food of the writers. public, yeah. yeah. yeah no, the, nobody the, writes articles about our, our Lèvres La Royale. Yeah. No one. No. Yeah. And or, that's French cooking. Or, or the Puré de Pomme d'Etat, or this or that, or the, you know? Or, or Cheval. La Pain à la Moutard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, internationally, I mean, well, nationally here, uh, horse is not served. Um, there's been a small push for people to try to get that meat, uh, you know, in restaurants in, yeah. in the U.S. Um, you serve Cheval at the restaurant. Yeah, but it's again it goes with our culture it's yeah. the French culture yeah but but you know what it's not shocking like if I yeah. if I put a, a beef steak in front of you and a horse a horse tenderloin in front of you and a, and a horse and a beef tenderloin in front of you I could and a glass of yeah. Merlot and a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon and I told and I told you tell me which one is Cabernet and which one is Merlot I could and which even. one is horse and beef yeah you couldn't tell me yeah you see what I'm saying yeah it's the great myth that horses beef with a different face yeah <laughs> it's not like when we call the butcher yeah you can say well beef tenderloin this week is 26.99 and i go well how much is horse he goes at 23.99 but the week after it could be different the yeah. horse could be more expensive than the beef the week after yeah so it's just that's what that is so i mean what dishes would you want patrons to try in joe beef that they don't have oh, the horse eat? you know we, we have a horse steak with uh, like Café Paris sauce and old French sauce with like livers sautéed in cream cognac, lots and lots of mustard. Again, all the herbs, all the green soft herbs, the fins herb, that's delicious. I like delicious. the rabbit sausage that we do in the smoker. Yeah. And I like when people say, I want to eat everything out of the garden. Yeah. Yeah, the green plus salad a, in the summer. Plus the 200 aioli. grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. What What are you growing this year? What's uh, uh, It's be? not started yet. It's, but what, what do you have? Uh, lots of uh, salad, tomatoes, yeah, lots of beans. This year, I'm going to put less beans, less Swiss chard, and less of the things that I Swiss chard. I'm tired of Swiss chard. It's yeah. a myth. Nobody eats yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you see, you see places. It's truly, truly. They boil it down into a stuffing, into like it's a, 
It's the urban gardener's dream plant. You know, I think yeah. it should just be a, a herb, that, like a plant that lives outside. <laughs> yeah, tomatoes are good though. When we get them, they're 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 good. The yeah. little sun gold there. Yeah, I like them. Uh, we have rhubarb. We have a few cherries. We have a few. There's tons of things. You know what I really like? All the herbs. Every night at five forty-five, the cooks go out with scissors and bowls, and it's like a it's like a wet dream. You know, they yeah. go out in the garden and they cut their herbs, and the food does feel fresher in the summer because of those herbs that never seen the fridge. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the cooking is much more towards the raw during the summer, too, just because of the freshness yeah. of the ingredient. Yeah. And like the aioli, for example, we take all the vegetable, most vegetables from the garden, barely trimmed anything with a nice aioli. Um, or buying a cuda lobster, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's the best. Yeah. Like a, boiled, a boiled lobster, cold, cut in four pieces, and all the raw vegetables from the garden with that delicious buying a cuda dressing. Like, what else do you want? So, I mean, are there things that you want to eat that you don't have on the menu that you hope to be able to put on the menu? Because it seems like you're cooking for yourselves, you know, not first, but foremost. I, I think had, he, he yeah. cooks the food that more or less like that I want to eat or, his, or Allison, our partner, yeah. his wife wants to eat. Yeah. Or it's saying, you know, but then once in a while he'll go off the chain and, and, and do other things. It's rare nowadays. I, you know what? I'm ashamed to say, but I, when I was down south, I had some tuna, some line caught tuna over in Barbados, and I really enjoyed that. And I think we maybe ostracized tuna a little bit, and you won't see it because it passed the cool factor. Yeah. There's a lot of fishes like that that passed the cool factor. Like swordfish. Yeah, maybe, yeah. but not well. Even I've I've had a bad experience many times with swordfish. Yeah. But David eats tuna. We we enjoy that sometimes, you know. And I, we don't even serve it at the it's restaurant. There's so much it's, pressure to like you know work sustainable fish. Da 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 da. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, you know. There's it's it's a bit of a funny situation because we get a f- sustainable fish dealer, but he's in British Columbia. You know. Yeah. So he's a sustainable <laughs> fish dealer with a huge carbon footprint. Yeah. <laughs> or this, this guy that calls me for local quince the other day, but his number's from the north of British Columbia, you know? Like, I'm going to sell you local quince. That's, come on, you know? Local doesn't mean across the country. Yeah, well, that, that goes back to... geopolitical local, yeah. not... Well, that goes back to, uh, you know, my not wanting to eat Joe Beef outside of Joe Beef. Um, you know... I talked to Martin about that, just like to say that Martin did a, a, Pierre, a, a Sugar Shack Pierre Cochon dinner at Canoe Restaurant in Toronto. Oh, you did it? Yeah. Which would be like us doing Joe Beef at the Bernard Day. It just never, it will never work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think the day after, Martin was upset and he was humming and hawing about how bad his food looked in that restaurant. And, you know, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, of it course. It is site appropriate. Yeah. I'll always, uh, you know, if we come in here wearing dresses and necklaces will look surely different yeah <laughs> well people can picture whatever they want since we're on radio yeah i have a radio body <laughs> um about being site specific uh, i think an excellent um sometimes over you know glossed over part of the book which is amazing we didn't really even discuss that much is the train itineraries um Canada has a lot of wonderful sites, a lot of wonderful places to eat. Where do you guys travel during spring, summer, fall? Well, I have I travel to BC. Uh, I try to put in one train trip a year or two. Um, I've done pretty much all the train traject, all the trips in Canada. Um, they're redoing, actually, big efforts into redoing the menus and the train cars and everything. I'm trying to get David into that, but... Oh, I mean, like I've been on a whole bunch of yeah. them. No, no, no. A five days like trip with me. <laughs> the problem is it's not the train trip. It's five days with him. Yeah. yeah. 
But I wear the dress. <laughs> we, we 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 tend to drink a lot of uh, vin blanc, vin rouge together. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we both we both don't smoke unless we're with each other, where we smoke like chimneys for some odd reason. Like petit cigars. <laughs> Maybe and, it's yeah. our re- repressed feelings for each other. Yeah. <laughs> But, I, I mean, wouldn't call it repressed. <laughs> Especially watching you guys in your dresses right now. It's definitely not <laughs> repressed. Um, but, I mean, these train trips, there's inspiration around Canada, too, that you don't see in other places. At ah, least, it's you know, built out of trains, Canada. Yeah, yeah. And we cook the food at Joe Beef that we wish we could eat in trains. Yeah. You have to understand. Yeah. Joe Beef is not much bigger than a train. <laughs> no, but for So real. is this place. Like yeah. It's a- yeah. And Joe Beef, honestly, you know, the, the aesthetic of the table, or even the booth... Uh, yeah, and, a series of booths and yeah, plateware yeah. is very you know the food is very inspired about what we wish we could have. Fuck, both of us would love to have a stuffed, you know, breadcrumb and mushroom and little bacon stuffed liver with some onion red wine sauce. A perfect Easter ham on a, Easter if you travel in a train, you know that's the a humble bottle of uh, Bourgogne Rouge. Yeah, uh, you know, but even the graphic design too. Of if we we don't have written menus, <laughs> but even if if we did have a printed menu, it would be a train menu from 1955. You know, yeah, you have to see those old menus. We have an archive of several old train menus, and you read a lot of those old train menus. And again, I guarantee you, a lot of restaurants right now that we think are good don't even hold a candle to what used to happen in trains and boats. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and especially it gives merit to America, which always been seen as and said that the food was never good in the states. And you see, like nineteen thirty four menus that have like um, um, sweet bread with béarnaise and petit pois à la française, you know, and a piece of roquefort from France and real sauternes. Yeah. I, okay, I challenge you to find that meal today, right now in New York. You know. Yeah. Somebody brought me the menu from the Titanic the other day, and the hundredth anniversary, I think, was last week, right, or this week? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happened. And this guy said, we would have done it, but we were we have too many reservations in the book. But he said, would you like to recreate? And this isn't the main dining room. This is like the third dining yeah. room. Uh, this is the Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio dining room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he brought us a menu. It was just like three apps, three mains, and a couple of desserts. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Consommé clair. And yeah, you yeah. know, like what a beautifully written menu. But I'll tell you something about boats, about uh, uh, ocean liners like that. <laughs> You know the whole nose to tail, buying a whole animal? It only makes sense in like resort hotels, like in the mountains of Switzerland or in boats. Because you had those three classes dining room. The first one would get the filet. The second class would get like, you know, the hump ste- the rump steak and stuff like that. And the third class would get the pièce à brésil, you know? Very yeah. much like the original Joe yeah. Beef restaurant, our namesake, you know? Joe Beef's restaurant was... Uh, the, the, the ship's captain would come into Joe Beef Tavern and eat a tenderloin steak. Right, and then the second mate might have a, a a piece of rib or strip, and then the poor poorer people would eat you know slices from the leg, yeah. you know roast beef from the leg, and the very poor who Joe Beef would feed for free would be more or less eating stews out of the shoulders and neck. Yeah, you know, that's so, kind of where that comes from. So when are you guys going to do a pop up boat restaurant? <laughs> a pop up boat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pop up boat, local organic. Yeah. Uh, transvestite cooking yeah. like when you're not with all your toys and you're yeah you know we have all our toys and saws and everything and we people want. and yeah. things and minions and I mean would you ever truthfully want to move that restaurant put it on wheels put it on train tracks put it on a boat and just do that for the rest of your life no 
No, you're just happy. You should make a pop-up that opens so quickly that nobody comes. We're, we're just, Fred and I are both working on the cottage funds and trying to just leave the city. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I think people assume a lot of restaurateurs, chefs, get to run around, eat out, but you guys are family guys too. Yeah. You know, and uh, you like going home and cooking and eating with your family. You have to realize in the end, like I said to David earlier, you can hustle like seven days a week and everything for like 20 years but okay what really happens if you're the best if all the media say you're the best okay what happens you know you get blowjobs <laughs> what is it that <laughs> you get you know you get to wear a crown is it really that cool do people carry you around on the throne who cares no I know but it's wrong yeah you know, like you look at guys like Gordon Ramsay a moron you know like there's 20 restaurants around the world lawsuits left right and center uh like what, you're a joke. You, you make me not want to cook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, why do you need 10 restaurants? Why don't you want to practice what you started loving? Yeah. You actually love the act of going to the restaurant and seeing his mug and, you know, working with the kids. And I like sweeping around the garbage container at the back of the restaurant as much as I enjoy opening bottles of wine and speaking to customers and closing the restaurant. It's, yeah. That's why we're doing this. You know? Very, very limited. Uh, if we were woodworkers, I don't think we'd just want to have 20 woodworking shops across yeah. Canada. No. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why, what that ambition, where does that come from? Is that ego? Vanity, vanity, vanity. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's trying to be bigger than the place you're most comfortable in. No, it's in. always saying yes. Yeah. The first trip to the bank you make, they're going to ask you, you're going to ask for 10 grand, nobody's going to give it to you. Two years later, after all the articles and everything, they're gonna guys are gonna come and see you. I'm gonna sell you the building next door, and we can make this and this and that. And you have to say no sometimes. I'm you worried can't. for a lot of our friends that you know that spend too much time on planes that travel. I've, I you know I, yeah. I truly worry about their quality of life, and if, and I feel sorry for our friends that wouldn't experience the wonderful things that I'm experiencing with my two daughters and that he's experiencing with Yeah, what did you boys. have kids? I didn't have kids so they can wipe my ass in 25 years. Yeah. I had kids so I could spend time with them now. Yeah. It's not... Uh, We're both enjoying so much watching our kids grow up. You know, yeah. We've been locked in the kitchens for 20 years, don't forget. Since we are 16, we've been working 70 hours a week. And now, you know, he's 35 or 36 or something. I'm 40. I swear to God, both of us never thought we'd have kids. Yeah. And the fact that we have them is like a, a really especially giant not appeal. in this in this environment where we had them where it was not, not and when when we had them where it was conducive to having kids. <clears throat> so I think I have to say it's really nice to see you guys here, but it's just that much nicer to see you guys when in Montreal. And that, that's, that's, you guys suck away from home. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. That's the biggest draw for me about Joe Beef. Like you said before, not just the food, but seeing you guys there and seeing you guys uh, live within that space. Context that is everything, yeah. man. Like I'm, I'm sure if I ate at Noma, it would be delicious. But try to put that in a styrofoam box and eat it in an apartment two miles away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think it makes sense? Or think about any food except pizza and, a sty- and Chinese food in a styrofoam box. Bernardin food, okay, Piet Cochon, you know, and deliver it. It doesn't make sense. Of course, it's context, you yeah. know? Well, I'm glad you guys are thinking outside of the box. And for people that have not been to Montreal, um, which doesn't seem like many now, it seems like everyone's come up to see you uh, go again and again and again, uh, be part of the Joby family. Uh, Fred and Dave, thank you so much for being here. And hopefully this is not the last time you visit us in Brooklyn. You're very kind. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. 
Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.